evening and welcome back to another edition of the It's Not Orange podcast. Tonight we'll be looking back at a great win against Reading as the Seasiders turned up and scored four against the Royals to hopefully put the Seasiders back on track this season. Before this, we'll be looking ahead to an exciting game at the weekend against Barnsley and joining us for that is Alan. How are you doing, mate? Evening, not bad, Tom. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, buddy. Much better after the weekend, let me tell you that for free. Uh, welcome back, Matt. You're here for a normal podcast for once and not a big game occasion. That's it. I could sound like a bit more of a team player. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, and Martin, of course. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm really good. Brilliant win on Saturday. Um, disappointed he didn't play Kawathi like I said he wouldn't. Oh, he did, didn't he? <laughs> oh, well, there you go. We'll talk about it later. But yeah, yeah, Absolutely. all good. Get into that later. Um, great debut for the youngster. Um, we'll start as we always do. Alan, t- tell us a bit about yourself, how you started supporting Barnsley um, and a bit about your YouTube channel if you want to. Yeah, I started following Barnsley in 1959-60 season. Uh, Dad and Grandad t- took me as a five-year-old and when you go up and uh, see the ground for the first time, it's like, wow, what what a stadium, you know, going back in that those days. Uh, and seen uh, in the 60s, stood on bricks. Uh, my dad got me bricks in FA Cup tie uh, from under the brewery stand to watch uh, Manchester United in FA Cup. George Best, Dennis Law, Bobby Charlton and co. You couldn't get uh, bricks into a football ground now and stand on them to see what was, <laughs> could you? Uh, and we're talking about this, about Grandad. He used to always go to the football and take himself an apple and he had a knife to peel his apple. You know, old days were, were best, you know what I mean? It all changed and, yeah, I've, I've loved it, loved it, following them. Uh, 97, 98, got promoted for the first time, as you did, to Premiership. Uh, it was a season to remember. And then we've uh, gone up and up and down, up and down. But following Barnsley, it's a roller coaster ride. There you go. I've got a roller coaster in season, it's Blackpool. But it is, yeah. and it's following your football team through thick and thin. Uh, good times, bad times. Uh, and, you know, you see on social media, everybody having a go and kicking club when it's down. But you stick together. And Barnes Football Club is a family club. Uh, and, you know, you know everybody. So uh, you can see us, uh, if, if you look on uh, YouTube, we've got his own YouTube channel, Red All Over, as you can see him back. Uh, Joe started that over four years ago. Uh, we used to do radio, Dern FM Radio, it got me redundant, and then that's where the channel uh, came onto YouTube. Oh, lovely. Oh, yeah, I certainly had a, a rich history and got to see some good players. It's uh, questionable, as you didn't support United as a kid watching those sort of players in, in your first game, but good that you've stuck to it and experienced some good times. But we're going to start with talking a bit about Barnsley, and, of course, early on in the season, I think it was July, your new manager got appointed. But just, just talk me through the emotions of of losing such a successful manager in Michael Duff um, after the playoff final loss? I think everybody were gutted that Duff decided uh, to part ways and go to Swansea. Uh, and then it was uh, a while before we found out uh, that we got Neil Collins uh, from uh, over, over in uh, Orlando who come with John Stead. Uh, didn't know a lot about him. Knew that he scored a goal and goal for Leeds United at Oakwell. Uh, when we beat him 5-2 uh, and he was at Sheffield United uh, a lot of my friends who were Sheffield United fans were saying you know he's, he's a good, good, he should be a good coach uh, they, they thought a lot about him uh, and so far 
uh, so good is delivering the goods uh, unbeaten away from home this season so that goes well so we're quite ha- quite happy with with Collins uh, and I was with him on uh, Sunday uh, at Nicky Eden's bar uh, it was a session with him and yeah listening to him is it, it, very good very good yeah, he seems like a pretty down-to-earth coach, doesn't he? And it was important to get the appointment right after such a, yeah, as you say, disruptive loss of, of your previous manager because everyone thought you were going to build on. Well, we're first down. We got an English coach again, and after all, as uh, overseas coaches, which which didn't go well at all. So we, we we've gone back to basics, and I think that's what we needed to do. Same as what you've done, getting Chrisley back. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll talk about the start really because. Um, You've had a fairly decent start to the season, haven't you? Uh, in terms of um, five wins, um, you've only drawn one. Have lost three, but obviously it's more important picking up those victories other than draws, which is what Blackpool have suffered early on in the season. Talk to me about your start. Um, clearly the first first couple of games were, or first game was very decent, scoring a fair few goals, but you found a fairly good consistent form um, to put yourself um, up in, in, the, in the playoffs. We, we have. I think we play the same formation as yourselves. Uh, 3-1-4-2 I mean that first game against Port Vale you're thinking wow uh, pinch yourself but look where Port Vale are now they haven't lost a game since we we, we beat them uh, get them a drubbing have they uh, their one what surprised me in League One uh, so yeah he's, he's got them playing well uh, we've, we've got an injury uh, what we had at, uh, on, on, on Saturday at Northampton uh, Lapata uh, in defence, it looks as though he's going to be out Saturday uh, with a shoulder injury. We're not certain if it's uh, a broken bone or it was a dislocation. We just, we just got to wait for scans, I think, on that one. Yeah, and talk to me about, obviously, Collins has come in. How 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 do you set up? We're going to talk about this a bit later on. I'm going to talk about a few of your stats so far this season as well. But what are your expectations when he first come in versus, obviously, Michael Duff? He's come in, he's settled the team down quite well. He made a few signings and it was quite a slow start in terms of, like you say, it was who you're going to get in as a coach, who you're going to get in terms of who you're going to lose because we lost, obviously, a key player this season as well in defence. So are you, I take it you can't be much sort of happier with, with your start and the way it's gone so far. Uh, yeah, uh, good signings what we've made in uh, this window before, you know, we're in August before end of August when the window shut, we've really got some good players in, and for a new coach uh, to get his ideas over and to you know uh, get us to play the way he wants, you know it takes time. But we've uh, we're we're really, we're really kicking on, uh, which I'm really surprised at, and the team's gelling really really well. Yeah, absolutely. One player that is starting really well is top goal scorer Devante Cole. Um, a lot of seasons gone by hasn't quite found his feet, but he's started this season on absolute fire, hasn't he? Unbelievable, nine in nine, and uh, from last season, he's about two yards faster, faster, sharper. Uh, if you saw the goal, what he scored uh, on Saturday, I mean, what? Running from eighteen yard uh, opposition eighteen yard all the way and putting it in top left hand corner, you know, unbelievable. And his touch is a lot better, uh, and his movement as well. He is a different player, but uh, reading uh, in the press, there's Stoke City looking now looking for him, and and a few other clubs uh, are looking for him uh, come January window. 
so, so are we. I mean, I think he's only got this season on his contract. I'd like to keep him personally. Yeah, I think if it's settled and you're pushing for, for championship and Stoke cannot perform to the levels that they want to, I think everybody expects them to be up there this season so far. They've had a big turnover in, in play as well, haven't they? So uh, naturally, when, you, when you're when you being a successful goal scorer, then you know, you're going to make a lot of noise. I suppose that's a good thing, but hopefully Collins can keep him sort of settled at the Oakwell. But um, Matt, I was going to come to you. Is Tavante Cole someone that worries you Saturday or do you think we've got the defence to sort of to sort of control that sort of player, it's it's going to be tough. I think, um, obviously, given the, the system we play, we're quite regimented. Obviously, having that three at the back in the holding midfielder in Norburn, we're quite hard to break down. You can see that in the Reading game. I, I think, by the end of the day, nine goals and nine games speaks for itself. I feel. We have shown, especially in the Lincoln game, we are prone to defensive errors. And it's just whether Critchley has wiped out since then. And we can obviously keep up with the good work from Saturday. But even then, we still conceded. We looked really good at the back. I said we still conceded one on Saturday against Reading. So it's it, fairly it is unfortunate a way- goal, wasn't it? We'll touch upon it later, but it's, it's yeah. an unfortunate goal, isn't it? But. It's Martin, one of them. Martin, what about you? Do, you? do you think Devante Cole's a problem for for the defence? I mean, very strong, very athletic and can find pockets of space. And I think Wickham was our last away game, obviously, and we conceded two horrendous goals, obviously one being offside, but the second one being no one at the back post with four, four defenders in the box. So any chance like that, he's going to gobble it up, isn't he? Yeah, I, mean, I think any striker that's in form, you've got to watch. You know, it's it, but I suppose Barnsley might be looking at our informed striker too. But I think Devante Cole's had a really funny career, hasn't he? Um, he's been all over the place, and he's been to clubs and just not done it, as I say. And he and he's it, sometimes it takes a while. I think Ivan Tony was a bit like that as well. Went around a few clubs, and now look at him. You know, so it's sort of a slightly lower level, but yeah, definitely. I mean, he's 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 powerful. They say he's quick. He's quicker than last season, so that's a bit of a worry because he was pretty good last season, wasn't he? So. Yeah, we have to be on our metal, don't we? But but I, you know, that's we have to be absolutely switched on in every game. Doesn't matter who we're playing, but but yes, he'll be a threat without a doubt if we're not if we're not alive to him. I want to talk a little bit about your your goals so far this season. Obviously, you had a thumping of Port Vale. Um, Stats show that you should add about twelve goals so far this season. We've actually outperformed that quite massively and scored twenty. Is it a case of? you score goals unexpectedly sort of on the counter obviously not too many easy chances in terms of what XG would present to you um, or do you think it was literally down to that Port Vale game and you've, cons- you've you've performed consistently from then? I think that set a stall out didn't it you know to get seven in your first game under a new manager manager coach uh, we looked at each other in disbelief and uh, as Reds and thinking, well, where are we going to go from here? Uh, yeah, we, we're scoring for fun, uh, but we're conceding, which you'll look at next, you know, uh, nine goals in, in the last four home games. It, it, it's not well when you're playing at home and conceding as many. Uh, but yeah, one counter, we, we've scored a lot on counter, pinching ball uh, from corners, opposition corners uh, and, and breaking away. Uh, with pace, so uh, I think that's Collins Collins' style to to uh, break on counter and uh, create the chances that way. 
Yeah, we, t- we just touched upon it there. You can see it in a fair amount of goals at the moment. You actually can see in terms of XG again, mm-hmm. not one for uh, being st- statistical all the time, but stats show that you're the second worst team in the league for conceding chances. So you've got an XG of 14, but you've only conceded 11, but you're also third for saves per game, which is just over three. So is your keeper keeping you in the game a fair amount? Oh, would you say un- so? un- un- unbelievable. I mean, at Cheltenham, he kept zinc game at Cheltenham. Uh, and he kept zinc game at Northampton. Uh, we've got him on loan, haven't we, from uh, from Middlesbrough, uh, Liam and uh, Liam Roberts, and he's an exceptional keeper. Uh, and the the other week he, he created a goal. Uh, what goal scored? What went to McAtee straight from himself to McAtee, and then core out corner and scored. So his distribution is good as well as his uh, keeping. Uh, I'd like to think in January window uh, we could get him from Middlesbrough uh, because we had Eisted on loan last season from Luton and uh, he was a good keeper but I think uh, this lad tops him. Yeah, the Northampton game was a weird one, wasn't it? It's, it's an incredible win to be fair because Northampton's very, a very good side, very attacking and they play very decent football. Um, you had an XG less than one whereas they outperformed you quite a lot but... 13 shots um, 13 shots for Northampton but as you say your keeper kept you in the game and you had the ability to hold it out a little bit but it was a it, would you say it was a fairly balanced game but they just opened you up a little bit more well they did they, they put a lot of bo- uh, balls into the box uh, I think they controlled it more than what we did uh, but when you're up there as we are now and you're going away and pinching points from from away from home You've got to accept that the the performance wasn't there, but it's all about three points. Yeah, and I just wanted to talk a little bit more. Obviously, we spoke about Tavante Cole and your keeper, um, but with the likes of Styles and Cadden in 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 your team, you actually got a, a real mix of youth as well as good experience in, in the club, which is which is holding well early on in the season, isn't it? Yes, you've come under a little bit of pressure, but you're also playing some exciting football as well. Talk to the to talk to the listeners about who to look out for on Saturday that, that isn't necessarily sort of your Devante goals of the world? Uh, Herbie Kane, our midfield, uh, solid this season. Uh, Callum Styles, who was on loan last season at Millwall, has come back into the fold and he, he came uh, on the Portsmouth game, he came on the second half and made a difference and he was in the starting lineup at uh, Northampton. And if you saw the goal, what he scored at Northampton... Uh, after four minutes, uh, if that had been in Premiership, you'd seen that goal all over uh, on social media. The way uh, we pressed the keeper uh, Osgrove, and first time uh, left foot straight uh, into back at the net of a keeper. Uh, it was it was an unreal goal. Uh, the other one uh, is, as I said, the keeper Roberts. Uh, so they're, they're, the, they're the three. Cadden uh, didn't start. He came on a sub. He'd been yeah, playing he well, uh, but he had a bad game against Portsmouth. He, he was substituted and he didn't make the starting line up at Northampton. Yeah, he's, he's got three assists so far this season for your, for your team, though. But it's like you say, it's nice that the head coach has come in um, and, and had the ability just to say you've had a, a bad game or two and, and you're going to sit this one out and, and you got the win, so it proved well. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, so Alan, obviously seeing uh, what Tom was saying there about the XG and how you've conceded what, some of the most chances in the league, 
or one of one of the teams that have conceded most chances, but we've also been one of the highest scorers. Is that a part of Colin's game plan? Do you think to think his game plan is quite attack heavy? Like, what can we expect Saturday? I think he's just been patient and. Uh... If, if the opposition makes mistake, I think we can pounce. I think that's that's his more or less style of play with with the three one four two with with a sitting one and the four and the two wing backs. Uh, it, it tends to try and get the ball down the flanks and get get crosses in. Uh, so uh, yeah, he's it, it, making chances and and hopefully we've got players who can get on the end. I'm, I'm expecting. I might be wrong uh, against yourself. Probably starting with Devante Cole and. Uh, and, and a new new striker, so uh, uh, Cosgrove, uh, or he could have McAtee. We, we, I don't know which we, we he'd have. But the problem we've got on uh, Saturday, as I said, with uh, Lapata out, uh, there's one of three uh, defenders who could come in: Shepard, uh, McCarthy, or De, De Gevney, the French lad who we've signed. I just wanted to ask you about um, Sam Cosgrove because we were linked with him, and quite a few clubs were. And, and it all went quiet, and it looked like we, uh, Charlton, yourselves, us, one or two others. But you've got him now. From what you've seen of him, what do you what do you make of him, and what what kind of a player is he? Uh, he's a big centre forward. It, it gives you different options to what we we've got with uh, McAtee. Uh, and I say he's, he's he's decent. I enjoyed him watching him last season at Plymouth. I got to help Plymouth uh, to get promoted, didn't he? From League One to Championship, uh, and I'm surprised that, that we actually uh, got him at, at the death on uh, the transfer window there. And uh, I've seen him a couple of times, and uh, yeah, I, I like him. It's, it's, I think the last time we had a striker like that, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, excellent at this. Well, excellent at Championship and, and League One level, isn't he, Keith? Moore. So I think Sam Grosgrove is one of these players because obviously he went away and played in Scotland for a bit as well. But it's one of these players that n- know the league really well, know his games really well. And if he's got a player like Defante Cole next to him with the backing of Styles, etc., in midfield, it, he'll thrive off that and he'll look so much better in a team like that rather than being the solitary man up front trying to do all the work for the team, isn't he? So I think he'll benefit from being in a team like that and you know, certainly be a battle with, with Devante Cole and Cosgrove up uh, up top for, for the likes of Pellington and Casey. I, w- I wouldn't even be surprised if Marv came in to combat that height, um, you know, a- against against the defenders because he, he's, he's an excellent defender, Marv. So it's just hopefully not too much ball play at his feet. So, um, yeah, what what would you say your expectations are so far this season? Well, not so far, sorry, for the season because so far it's been a decent start, but... A new coach can always have a bump in the road. Any team can have a bump in the road. But would you fully expect to go for playoffs again with the start you've made? At the start of the season, before knowing what was happening, not read all of it, I said we'd be ninth. I didn't think we'd be up there at all. Uh, but at the moment, they've proved me wrong. So uh, if we keep carrying on... It's fairly doing, up there, isn't it? Not well, well, yeah, yeah. But I didn't expect to be top six. Uh, but where we're going at the moment, we're in a better position than where we were last season under Michael Duff. So sky's the limit, isn't it? You know, keep keep going, keep performing, uh, and who knows? You know, it'd be nice if we could get back up automatic. Well, that would uh, that would would be excellent for any team. As Blackpool fans, we've never seen that, so um, I don't think that'll be coming this season either. But we can dream if we go on a good run again. Um, I was just going to talk about League One in general, actually, to you because you you mentioned Port Vale a bit earlier on and. 
I've said many a times on the on this podcast or the first few episodes that League One this season is going to be a league where you'll you'll get a few teams probably sitting in around sort of top ten and maybe even playoffs and Port Vale are one of those sides that actually doesn't surprise me too much. Um, Max, they came to Bloomfield Road, didn't they? And they cut us open two or three times and I, I appreciate we weren't at our best, but any other team, probably a Barnsley, a Portsmouth, a Charlton or someone like that would have certainly beaten us at Bloomfield Road that night. Absolutely. We were poor that night and it was one of them, I think we kind of took it as a free hit, seeing uh, Port Vale's first few results. Port Vale came for, oh, well, Barnsley could beat them 7-0. Like, God knows what we could beat them, especially after our first game. I know it was only 2-0 against Burton, but we all thought, yeah, right, we're good for this. And that caught us by surprise. And I think that kind of started that. It wasn't a poor run of form, but it was a bit of a lackluster run of form. I think we can all agree. Yeah, but, it was yeah. three nil nils in a row, wasn't it? So Yeah, any, I think, like you said, any other team that night with a bit of quality like Barnsley, like a derby, easy would have lost three Potentially four nil. Yeah, well, so, they should have won. They should have won two nil. I think with the chance at the end as well, with pass cross goal. Um, Alan, we spoke to a Vale and Ale podcast. Um, they were very complimentary in the end about Barnsley. But on the flip side to that, they said the first twenty minutes they controlled the game, and you showed a bit of vulnerability in terms of in terms of maybe conceding a couple of chances. But once the sort of third and fourth goal went in, it was it was lights out for them. It was, but then you've got to realise uh, we got a brand new back three. So when you've got a new back three uh, from what we had last season, when 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 you got uh, Kitchen, uh, Mads Anderson, and Bobby Thomas, uh, it's got it's you know I I agree. First twenty minutes we we weren't there at all. It, it we're all Port Vale, uh, and, and then all of a sudden floodgates open once we got that first goal, uh, and then we controlled it. So uh, yeah, in in some games we've it's took us a while to get started. Yeah, well, hopefully that is the case on Saturday as well. We'll finish off with how you think Blackpool can exploit Barnsley. Um, I was going to mention a bit later on um, as as a feature in in the Blackpool sort of review of the Reading game, but we have yet to con- yet to score. Sorry, we have definitely conceded away. We've yet to score. Um, away from Bloomfield Road, um, but where do you think the Seasiders can hurt you on on Saturday? Well, most have come down Cadden side on right hand side, but as I say, he's not been playing, uh, so we, we, we've, we've changed it around. Uh, it may may be on the back three because now as I say we don't know if Shepherd's coming in, McCarthy or De Gevney, Uh so it's a new back three with the injury uh, to Labatta. So uh, that that that's going to be an interesting one, and see how that works out. So uh, you've got to get past, to be honest. First of all, uh, Liam Roberts is uh, saving shots for fun. Well, you conceded a fair few at home, and it's you know that's all banter aside. But you, you've had a, a poor start in a few home games. So, I mean, in terms of him making a lot of saves, it's also one of those ones where. If Blackpool were to to come in early doors, do you, do you see yourself being as vulnerable as you have previously in the last few games? Because although you had a good fight back against Portsmouth, you have showed those vulnerabilities early doors that you can concede goals, um, and you can't really afford that start against Blackpool because we will probably be that sort of team away from home that if Rhodes or Kowasi or whoever gets a, a chance or a goal, we don't know how we're going to act away from home because we've yet to well, be in that position. 
Rhodes has always been a thorny bounds this time wherever he's played, hasn't he? Uh, we know that. We know we've got to look at look out for that. And it's coming uh, on a on a high scoring hat trick uh, on Saturday against Reading, isn't it? So uh, we've we've got to try and uh, keep keep a tight grip on uh, Jordan, and uh, hopefully he doesn't score. But uh, there again, you might be having a few sticks to rock if you score a goal at Oakwell. Yeah, well, just just a goal away would do if I'm honest with you. Um, do you fancy giving a score prediction for Saturday? I always offer the, the guests the chance to. They all mean nothing at all, but it's always nice to hear what you think the game is. Uh, uh, as I said earlier on, uh, I think it'll be 2-1 to Barnsley. Uh, I think you'll score a goal. I think uh, Rhodes is going to score. Uh, and as Andy said, uh, the second goal for, for us could be a Rhodes' own goal. One thing I was going to say is what what's Barnsley's perception on the game on Saturday because Blackpool have had an indifferent start to the season and sit mid-table, whereas we've already alluded to the fact that you're pushing on a little bit more. But do they see this as one of the biggest games of the season along with your Portsmouth, etc., or, or do you see it as a, mu- a must-win game at home? Well, it, it, it's a big game, really, isn't it? Because you've come down from Championship, so it's another benchmark for, for, for our new side uh, to put herself... Uh, against Blackpool uh, on Saturday afternoon. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, we, we can do the business and uh, put the last uh, defeat against Portsmouth behind us. It was great to talk to you and thanks for giving your, your time up to speak about the game on Saturday and, and hopefully it's a really good game. Uh, cheers, lads. No problem. No problem at all. We're going to talk about the game on Saturday, Martin. Um we made a fair few changes to the lineup um, that we previously had against Wickham. Um, so we'll, we'll go through that now to, to, to open up this segment. So obviously we start with the standard Grimshaw and goal, Pennington, Casey and husband at the back, um, a new start for Dale, Dougal, um, Norburn, Virtue, Hamilton, of course, playing um, another 90 minutes for the Seasiders again. Kuasi was the biggest shock to the day. And obviously Jordan Rhodes is probably going to be a stalwart on the Blackpool side now. Um, but what was your thoughts when you initially saw this lineup? Um, well, the, the obvious talking point is is starting Kowasi up front. You know, we joked about it when we came on, but you know, I said last week, well, it will be. We all sort of said it would be great to throw a wild card in and play Kowasi, and we're like, but of course he won't, which is in my exact quote. And then he did, and it was brilliant. It was brilliant to see to see. Um, him take a gamble on someone that that clearly, you know, there was talk about would he be for the development squad? Would he get in the EFL trophy games only? But but the lad, the lad just took his chance, didn't he? But no, generally the lineup, I was I was glad to see um Morgan not playing, to be honest, because he's not done it for me at all. Um uh, a good friend of mine thinks that our midfield should be Norburn, Dougal, and Virtue. And I'm not sure if I agree with that beforehand, but I thought I thought Virtue was a was a, a surprising choice, but it worked out. And uh, no, I was I was happy with the lineup again. Dale from nowhere, from the wilderness, comes in at left wing back. Bizarre, but very good. Yeah, Matt. It was for me. It was refreshing to see Critchley maybe a little too late, um, or not a little too late, but more out of the fact that he's continued to, to do the same thing as we've spoken about. I think Kurt gave us the definition of rinse and repeat on um, on the last pod. And he was literally rinsing and repeating that midfield with the likes of um, Norburn 
with Morgan. Was it was it a refreshing for you to see him dropped? Um, I'm, not, I'm not slagging the player off, essentially, but he wasn't obviously having the impact that we needed. The thing is, it's nice to see Critchley making those big manager decisions again. Obviously, we know how stubborn he can be in his own self-belief. But I think seeing, in respect to the season, we're still early on. And in fact, he's finally going, you know what, Morgan's not Morgan's not working. Let's drop him. And even Connolly at left wing back, which I've not been on any of the podcasts like to, to review games. But what's he doing there? I think we can all agree. There's a guy that sits behind me at Blainfield Road and he's like, Colin Connolly could play absolutely anywhere but on the left. He says it every game without fail. He said it when he's brought on. So seeing Owen Dale there, I thought Owen Dale at left wing back over Connolly was a bigger surprise than Kawasi, if I'm being perfectly honest. Because yeah, I thought, yeah. well, that's such a big game changer compared to having Callum Connolly at left wing back. Because I think it shows we're going for the game more than anything. yeah. I would say, yeah, it's a bit like Morgan, wasn't it? Like, I, I think Conley deserves a place in the team, but the problem is, I think his versatility has been a, been a detriment to himself, really. If he says, I am a central midfielder or a centre-back, we've got then a player that we can play in those positions. But the fact that Appleton and previous managers, it's been a few weeks since we've said that name, but um, since you know, since we've, since we've he came in and um, he played those positions, it, it's probably a detriment to himself because... You know, he said, oh, I'll play left leg, or I'll play centre midfielder or, or I'll play, even play up front if you really want me to. And he's probably been seen as a as a leader within the team. So therefore, Critchley's probably made the decision to, to, to want to play in most games. But unfortunately, you've got to make these decisions, as you've said. And do I see Dale as an actual a wing back? Probably not. Do I see him more so pushing on like he did um, against Reading when he was in those final third positions? Absolutely, because he put the ball into the box really well. And I think he did did the basics right up front and I actually think he looked a bit more composed on the ball. I think he wasn't as good as everyone made out, if I'm being totally blunt, um, which we'll come on to his stats in a second. But he was very refreshing to see because we had an outlet on the wing, didn't we, Martin? And he was actually involved in in a couple of the goals as well. Absolutely. Um, I wonder if the decision to play him is is because of who we were up against and the maybe, you know, as we perceived last week, the naivety of the opposition. And I suppose Critchley now has got to decide whether he can afford to play him away at a really good side that are challenging up for promotion, hopefully with ourselves at some point, Um, or whether he goes back to the tried and tested. And I kind of hope he he sticks to his brave plan. But yeah, I mean, he he was great. He was refreshing. He, He got an assist. Which you know is 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 all you can ask for really from someone in that position who's just come in. It was a, it was a really good, really good goal. Work well worked. You know Norburn the sort of the first time pass and then he, he whips it in and there's the big fella. Um, I just hope he's brave, Critchley. I hope he realizes that he, he he needs to be brave. And we we said after the Wickham game that he looked. Well, I said he looked really disappointed after the Wickham game, and I started to think has he given these players some of these players too long. And he's realised he's given them too long. People like Morgan, and and is it a surprise that Norburn was better? Not not for me. It wasn't a surprise he was better with the people he was playing against. So so yeah, I hope he sticks with Dale in a way because the whole ethos of the team looks more attacking than the Lincoln and the Wickham horror stories, which we don't need to go over again, really. Yeah, Matt, I was going to leave this segment to to at the very end, really, with what you would do against Barnsley, but I think it's a nice time to bring it in because. 
the reason I spoke about Dale being in that position and not being as good as everyone thinks is because he lost five duels. He also won four. So it's probably, you know, almost 50-50 of whether he's going to win the ball down that channel. He won half of his ground duels as well, which is 50% out of six of three. Won one of his area duels, but he is four foot nothing. So you're probably expecting that. But he was fouled a fair few times as well. So one of his most surprising stats is seven recoveries um, when the ball was loose, um, which actually you know, epitomises the way that Critchley wants players to play. And for for, for a player of his size, you, you can't really argue about about the um, the debut he's had in that position. But on the flip side to that, we were playing a very young Reading side that would probably have their own vulnerabilities. So if he does come up against a Barnsley, or when he comes up against a Barnsley on Saturday, is he going to be that sort of player again? Or do you think Critchley's going to want something different? The thing is with Critch, and I think we are all well aware of this, especially in his uh, pre-match press conference for the Reading game. He's, he seems very concentrated on the op- opposition and what they can't do and their weaknesses at times. Maybe a bit too concentrated on that rather than what we can do. It seems like what is very much how can we expose weaknesses, which is fair enough. But I think I think we heard from Alan Lair about Nicky Cadden, he said a lot of goals has come from down his side. He's more of a right wing back. So if, if Critchley, knowing how he thinks about football and exposing the weaknesses, as he's seen that and thought, well, we can expose that. And that perhaps means Owendale, especially after his performance on Saturday, which I thought he did relatively well. Will Critchley think the same of, well, let's keep him in the system. Let's start developing in that wing back role and expose Nicky Cadden like that. Alan said. So I, I, I'd like to see him start. I, I, I think if I see Callum Connolly there, I'd be disappointed. I think if I saw Andy Lyons there, I'd be disappointed after his start to the season. So yeah, I think Owen Dale's the way to go left wing back come Saturday. I, I tend to probably to disagree with Andy Lyons not being there. I think the way that Critchley set up stumped or blunted Blackpool as an overall against the likes of Leighton Orient, Port Vales of the world because we should have been as brave as we were against Wigan and as brave as we were against Reading Martin. Don't you agree? I think Andy Lyons showed under the previous management that he's one of Blackpool's most talented and technical players if he was given the freedom potentially of what Owen Dale was given on Saturday, but unfortunately wasn't given that um, pre um, the, the tragedy that happened w- within his family. Yeah, it's, you know, some things... I, I know what you mean, Matt. I think some things at the moment transcend football, and, I, and my heart goes out to Andy Lyons. And it all does. Everyone at the pod, I'm sure, is is you know thinking of him, and he, I'm glad glad to see him back playing some football this week. But yeah, he's he's another one that's that was a bit in and out, and has suffered from from the manager's kind of strange choices and 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 not getting any kind of rhythm going. I think that's the thing, getting some rhythm going. And 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 Dale was the lucky one that stepped in in that into that position and. And did very well. Um, Andy Lyons still got a big, big part to play at this club. I think. I think he just needs to give him some time, and he'll be, he'll be back in that team for sure. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that the, yeah, if I saw Callum Connolly playing at left wing back on Saturday, I'd um, I'd be really, really disappointed, very disappointed. And that's no slight on him, as we said before. He's a really good player, but his his biggest Achilles heel, Callum, is that you can play him anywhere. And like this jack of all trades, master of none cliche that people talk about, that's Callum Connolly. You know, he he never nails down a, a solid position for 25, 30 games in the same place because he can move him about, but not a left wing back. So, yeah. Yeah, I think 
I think we've done that position. So I think we agreed that Dale probably deserves to start. But if we saw Lions or Dale there, it's going to be obviously much more beneficial. But no, and Critchley probably set up to stop Barnsley and play Connolly there, but who knows. But I want to move on to, to somebody mentioned at the start. And it was Matthew Virtue's start for Blackpool that probably was my, say, performance of the match, but probably the difference maker in some respects. Because uh, Martin, I'll stay with you. Having him in that field, complementing Norburn, who, you know, is, is very much battling in midfield, whereas Norburn likes to sit and previously Norburn was left to do it all with with Morgan trying to do something either you know wide centrally or, or, or pushing out to the wings. So it left Norburn very exposed. But Virtue and Dougal sitting in there with him, um, specifically Virtue is very forward thinking. He likes to be positive moving forward on the ball and he always gets his head up in, initially to see where the ball can go forward, which enabled us to, to, to pass the ball wide to the likes of Hamilton and, and even using the wing backs to, to push on and play Hamilton in down the sides. But for me, Matthew Virtue deserves to start against Barnsley more than anybody because he was the difference maker in that midfield in terms of being positive, but also positionally staying exactly where he needs to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... I, I've been a bit disappointed by Norburn in terms of how he's played. But but I think now, I, I, with the benefit of hindsight, I think it really depends who he's playing with as well. And like you say, he's been left to do an awful lot of the work on his own and, and do a lot of his best stuff. It's far too deep for my liking. And Virtue has allowed him to kind of get on with that a bit better on Saturday. And it just looks a more balanced, complete midfield with, with Dougal being in there. Um as I say, you know, Virtue replaced Morgan and, and Virtue did what Morgan hasn't done this season. And like you said, he's made a difference. Um, you could see what Virtue was trying to do. You know what you get from Matty Virtue. He's up and down the pitches. If he can stay fit, Matty Virtue, there's no reason why he can't nail down a place on the side and probably get, what, six, seven, eight goals from midfield? Because he's, he's he's good at that, isn't he? You know, he's, he's, he's got a good ratio. Well, he did have good goals to games ratio, I think, from someone from midfield. So... I, I he cannot lose his place on Saturday. He, 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 well, he could, but he but he can't from from a common sense point of view. So no, it was it was good to see him back in. Um, I, I'm a big Matty Virtue fan actually. Um, just didn't think he had a future at the club to be quite honest with you with who we'd sign. But but it's good to see him come back in and, and do so well. Yeah, it's nice to see us have options in that midfield, isn't it? The fact that we can chop and change it so much and it have such a positive impact. We I think Critchley's. Issue is a bit like, I would say, a bit like Chelsea's. We haven't signed 60 players, but the fact that we've got so many players in that position, we don't know how to set up and we don't know who to play there, is finding it hard to have that balance there. But I think we found that quite well on Saturday. I do think we do need to take in consideration the opposition. Clearly, Redden have had some decent performance this season and with the points deduction, see themselves closer to the bottom. But at the same time, they're, they're probably going to run out of steam quicker than most teams in this league due to their age and their inexperience. You know, and the, and the volatility around the club. So, I'm not taking the four goals for granted, but I'll take I'll, t- I'll take the win for what it is, and I'll take the win for how we controlled that midfield. And it was, you know, it was fairly decent past the first 20 minutes. So, Matt was gonna before I come on to Mr. Uwasi as Ian Chisnell called him. Um, I want us to talk a little bit about the game and how it panned out because. Despite Reading control and probably the first 20 minutes, I think we'll all agree, they didn't really do too much damage in terms of hurting us. We allowed them to have the ball. And those stats show that, similar to, to, to the Wigan game, um, we they had 400 and 
234 accurate passes versus our 255. And it was one of those games we were probably happy to, for them to have the ball until we really wanted to hurt them. And when we did hurt them, we actually did it really clinically, didn't we? The fact that we were playing the ball down the wings and Hamilton got in behind the inexperienced defence. Kowasi was winning headers against a young defence and he was really bullying them as proven with, with two of the goals. Um, out for, Sorry, three of the goals, obviously, you know, Jordan Rhodes' penalty as well as his his, his second and his header, you know, they couldn't control a player like that. So I think Critchley got it bang on in terms of the way he set up, but also letting them have the ball until the point where he really wanted to hurt them on the break. Yeah, I agree. It's, I think it's very much, obviously, given the rate, Redden's age of the squad, it's men against boys. And I think you see that through the experience we have in our squad with, obviously, Norburn, Rhodes, G- Jimmy Husband. And it was, like you said, it was, I wouldn't say a masterclass, but just shows being effective in possession, what it can do. I wouldn't say we wasted any chances. Every time we had the ball, it was very much how could we turn this into an attack? And I think, obviously, we're going to touch on Kowasi later, but having that outlet of just sometimes just played that long ball to him and he was just chasing balls left, right and centre. And you could see it with, especially with, um, I think it was the Jordan Rhodes third, where a long ball was played to Kowasi and he's instantly, he's turned lot, he's headed it to Jensen Weir, who's played that free ball to Jordan Rhodes. And it's just simple things like that. That's four passes in that, essentially a long ball to Kowasi to head it down to Weir to put it through to Rhodes. And that's a goal. And that's just very much a lot of our play. And I think, I think the defender, well he headed it towards Weir, didn't he? The defender got involved with a heavy touch that allowed Weir to come in. But like you say, it's putting the like you said, putting the shakers amongst the defence, isn't it, at the end of the day, if we played a Lavery and a Rhodes and we didn't have a much aerial threat, they're going to feel much more comfortable. And if they do nick a goal, we probably wouldn't have that outlet and would have quickly changed it later on and brought in Kowasi, who knows? But I think you're absolutely spot on. It was brave to bring out, bring in that outlet. And we will talk about Kowasi next, actually, because as debuts go, um, Matt, it was... It was um, one refreshing and and a shock to see because previously on the pod we've discussed why have we signed a development player once again and why have we signed a player that's not going to have an impact on the first team for a few months. But I was as soon as I saw him, I thought is I didn't I didn't think he'd potentially have the game he did. Um, but it was like in the EFL Cup where you just want to play him because he's so big, he's so strong, and who who gives a crap if it's a bad game at the end of the day because. He's having, you know, he's having time on the pitch and he's probably, you know, having that freedom that he wants as a young player and he wants to prove he's doing really well. He's going to have bad games naturally, but we we desperately miss that Gary Medine outlet. And actually, you know, he's someone that can add so much more to our team and, and complement Road so well, which he did um, on, on Saturday. So obviously he started, started by winning winning headers and, putting Hamilton through for the, for the penalty initially. Um, and he immediately had a, a positive impact with the first goal, right? Absolutely. I think Critchley's hands were tied to make that switch over. Kyle Joseph is still out injured. Beasley. It's, we, we we spoke about Beasley on this podcast. He's still not there for me. And Lavery's coming out from injury. So I think he, he had to play Kawasi. And we said, you said it on the pod last week and I, I agree. It's, and I think he's took his chance and he's just shown what he could do. It's that old saying, isn't it? You have to get experience to gain experience. But to say he's only really played a couple of games at League Two level, 
last last year, but spent the majority of his time out on loan and non-league. I didn't think he looked out of place. He didn't look below League One level. He was confident. He put himself about. He didn't give them red defenders a minute. And if I was if I was a Reading defender and I saw Kuasi coming near me or going for an arrow door, I think, oh, blowing heck, I'm in for a long day here. And I think that's the sort of strike that you want. The one where the defenders just look at him and just go, oh, no. I've, I'm not sure if you've watched his Q&A that he's done, but he's, he was talking about how he's a big Chelsea fan and how his idols did he Drogba. And I think you can, you can almost see that in his play style a bit. He's, he's quick. He's strong, he can win headers, but he's just brilliant. He's just all round. He's quite all rounded, isn't he? And I just think it's yeah. something we've missed. It's, we've missed for a long time, and it's great to see a young player get a chance, get that moment, and then I think shine. And to be fair, he, he probably could have scored more with the chances he's had. With he had, he could be, probably could have scored two. I reckon there was that one where he went one, yeah, it was good one save, on one, wasn't it? From Button, to be fair, it's a good save, but. It's exciting, and you know what? I think when Carl Joseph gets fit, he's gonna he might, probably going to struggle to get into the squad if Kwasi carries on the way he did after his first two games. He's had obviously against Barrow, and now against Reading. Yeah, final sort of thoughts on on Kwasi Martin. I think where, where I'm at um, is the first. First goal, obviously, is, is contributed. The second goal, I wanted to talk a little bit about Dale and actually Kowasi because we attempted this quite a lot. But I was talking to Martin Prepod. Matt, may come a surprise to you, but we're actually the second team in the league statistically for putting crosses into the box. So we average 6.5 successful crosses a game, but we haven't played Kowasi all season. So I think playing, getting to that play style and breaking the ball down, trying to be solid in defence, getting the ball wide and crossing it into the likes of Kowasi and Rhodes. And it proved against Wickham when he was onside. Should have had a bloody away goal. Um, that If we continue to do that, then we're going we're gonna to find benefits in that. But but Martin, the second goal was an absolutely beautiful header. I don't think the keeper could have saved it. It could have maybe got across a little bit quicker. But, you know, all credit to the striker in that position, Rose early, stayed in the air long, and the power involved in it was brilliant. And if you think about the third goal, actually the third goal is my favourite because I don't know why I'm so obsessed with it, but if you watch the ball being played by Grimshaw, he tiptoes on his toes two or three times like a ballerina and then rises so high Mm. to get that flick on. And I think Rhodes already said in his um, Tangerine TV that he would have given a penalty to to Hamilton for, for for the foul on him. But that header, if you watch it back, he's on his almost on his tiptoes, ready to to flick that ball on into a dangerous area, as he did for the fourth goal. And we've already said it. You know, the opposition isn't great. If, if I'm honest, I'm not going to get carried away. I don't think Kwesi is going to have the same game every single game. I've already said that. Um, I think Fredden were poor for a lot of the game, but I think we, we, we were the reason for that. But he's he's certainly shown promising signs of, of being that raw talent and just doing the basics right. And those flick-ons and those winning headers are going to disrupt most sides if he's in the team. Yeah, completely. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk, isn't there, about, about where our signings come from. And, you know, there's almost a belief with some football fans, I think, that you have to get them from... Premier League two sides or, you know, championship fringe players or whatever. But there's there's a massive track record of teams like Peterborough in this league unearthing people from League Two or below 
and putting him in and they just do the business straight away. And Kawasi may well be one of them. I mean, it might be one of those that we might need to trust the manager and the recruitment team for once on this one because he, he is... He looks like an absolute beast, and he's somebody that you know. League One is a fairly simple league, and I think we've compli- overcomplicated it sometimes in away games. Far too much possession, far too much tippy tappy, not doing anything with it. Um, and I think you you're right, Tom. I think you what you've got to do is is control the midfield, get it out wide, get crosses in, and he will thrive on that. And and we've not signed a player like that. Can you can remember the last time we signed a player who had his physique? I'm not even sure if we ever have. You know, you can talk about Gary Medine, you can talk about the John Murphys of this world, but he's an absolute, he's a beast, isn't he? I mean, you know, you, you can't, and we said on before we came on the pod that if you're going up for a header with him, you're not going to manoeuvre him off the ball because he's he's massive. He's like, his legs are like tree trunks. He's just going to stand planted and just get it off you. So I'm not, I'm, just, I'm not comparing their yeah. size in that sense, but it's like when Akin Fenwa played for the opposition and he just put the ball into an area and you just mm. did not want him to be there. Um, I think he needs a lot of work with the ball at his feet and that will come with his age and his time on the pitch mm. because you know his touch and his passes aren't necessarily the best. But if we're going to continue to put the ball into the air and, and have a different dynamic to our side, he's certainly going to be a welcome mm. addition to, to the side. And talking of welcome additions, um, it's been what feels like forever since we've had a striker that makes the goal look so bloody small, sorry, so big, should I say. Um, Jordan Rhodes is is one of those players and each one of his goals on Saturday, but or his other two from the, from the penalty was exactly that, wasn't it, Matt? It was the first um, first penalty was fairly decent, although the keeper potentially could have saved it. We had the second goal where he drilled it across because he was alert, although everyone thought he was going to give a penalty. And the third one where... You know, he was just outside or just inside the area and he's, he's put it literally as close to the post as you actually want it to be, but without it ever looking like it was going wide. And Jordan Rhodes, um, I want to talk away from his hat-trick. Um, he won both of his ground duels, which was two out of two when he had the opportunity. He actually won five out of seven aerial duels. We talk about Kowasi, but he actually won five out of seven, 71%. He didn't actually give away any fouls. Um, and he won seven duels on the pitch, recovered the ball um, three times and cleared the ball in, in our defence uh, at least once. If you're talking about overall performances, but but having an assist to his name is probably the most complete performance we've seen from a striker for a long time. Not only has he scored a hat-trick, but he was still chasing balls right until the very end. And I was one shocked that he didn't come off um, much earlier in the game. Yeah, and I think... That's what surprised me. I'm, if I'm being completely transparent, before the season, I can't say other than in certain days, I've, I hadn't seen much of Jordan Rhodes last season. Obviously, he was kind of down the pecking order a bit in the Huddersfield squad. And when he came, I thought, oh, is he, I, thought, I kind of assumed he was going to be a bit of a Gary Medine type. Obviously, he's going to just try and win the ball in the air and not really do much. He's not really going to press because he's a bit old. I don't know what to expect. I thought, I thought, oh, I might get a few goals, but I've been really impressed by the work he puts in. Like like you said, Tom, he just doesn't stop running. He closes people down nonstop. I wasn't expecting the press from him like we do get. And he showed, he showed thing, sorry to interrupt, he showed signs of what Lavery and Yates does, doesn't he? He's, yeah. And that would be an instruction from Critch to understand that, but his willingness just to get the ball and... And to have the goal-scoring abilities that Lavery and Yates doesn't, that they don't have, and that's coming from being a natural centre-forward that, that that Rhodes is. And there's no criticism of Lavery and, and Yates. They're different players. But he, he if without him, 
I'm not saying that so far this season, but without this season, but having him in the squad, his experience and everything like that, as you say, that I just wanted him to stop running. It was four one. Just stop running, please. I'm, I'm scared of your hamstrings. <laughs> that's that's that's, that's, that's because he's putting his all in it. Like he's got another game on Saturday, and a game on Tuesday. Like I, was just what like, I noticed about, was mate. <laughs> I sit in the northwest corner, and I noticed in the second half he had two drinks next to the goalkeeper's net. He had an isotonic like Lucas aid and then he had a bottle of water and any time the ball went out of play he was run over to his drinks taking a little sip out of both and then going back on which I've never seen from a striker before to obviously have a pitch by the opposition goalkeeper's net but yeah, yeah. he kept him buzzing he kept him running and he's just I'd have been throwing them away if I was their goalkeeper <laughs> and, and I know you'd just be just be lobbing him wouldn't you but no Rhodes he's just and he could just tell he's a true professional as well in the way he speaks and and even the way Critchley speaks about him, you see Critchley admires him. And I've, I've it's been a long time since I've had a striker like that. And if you talk about Kevin Phillips, like I'd say he puts more of a shift than Kevin Phillips did. I think Kevin Phillips knew where the back of the net was, as does Jordan Rhodes. But in terms of the work rate off the ball, it's amazing, especially given his age and probably what we were all expecting from him. Yeah, I think Phillips didn't need to move, did he? He was one that just gravitated chances to the ball, and he was one in a million striker that Blackpool would have had. But we're getting we're getting some glimpses of Rhodes. Haven't first played score hat trick since the famous ten times signing Nathan Delfonso. But um, he, if he stays fit naturally, and that's a big if, he'll be dropped for the games we don't need him in. The you know the, the potentially the FA Cups depending on who we get um, and, and the, the Football League trophies and stuff. But for as long as he can stay on the pitch, if, if we're 2-3-0 up in the game, I'd like to see him potentially come off a little bit earlier just to rest him and not risk injury. But if, if he wants to play and he's got that attitude about and then I'm, I'm all for it because he wanted that fourth goal, didn't he? So um, every credit to Jordan Rhodes. And I think we've said enough about him and hopefully he can continue that form into Saturday. But the last two things I wanted to speak about is the overall chance contribution from Blackpool Martin and we had not only did we have four goals we had the chance for for Throwendale from the free kick where he nearly scored we had Weir with a shot which he should have not slammed in the in the last few minutes and we also had a shot from Virtue which the volley just drifted wide of the, the post but 15 shots overall and similar to Wigan should have had probably well, Wigan, we should have had four goals. We actually scored four this time. Maybe should have had six or seven um, in terms of the actual quality of chances we had. I'm not saying we should have gone on to score seven, of course. But at the same time, you wouldn't be surprised if we added a couple of goals to to to, to the total score on Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, Reading were everything that we thought they would probably be last week. On last week's pod, when we were talking about it, a young, naive side who had been thrown in there due to really tough circumstances at that football club and and they they couldn't handle roads and they couldn't handle us really as a team once we got going. But but yeah, we we did create chances and it's no coincidence that we I mean because Reading came and had a bit of a go, 15, 20 minutes, and then we got on top and, and they were there to be picked off. And I, I just really hope that Critchley I hope it's not another false start on Saturday. I really hope that he learns from it like he should have done from the Wigan game that the Wickham approach out the week after was back to how it what wasn't working and then we go back to playing Reading and play the way that is working and he's just got to I think he has to swallow his pride and say we need to be more basic as a football team let's not overcomplicate it let's you know we created chances by having less of the ball so what does that tell you what it tells you is that style 
I'd rather have substance over style, frankly. And and I think he 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 has to remember that this level of football it, it, it doesn't need to be that complicated. He comes from a coaching background, which would be quite complicated. And we had this last time when he. I think he spent too much time with Jurgen Klopp and thought we could play like they did. And when he clocked that we couldn't and we needed to play with a big fella up front and two sitting midfielders, we got 83 points and, and you know, nearly went up automatically or, or got through the playoffs. So he's got to learn this and, and not try and be too clever. Yeah, Matt, I was going to finish the pod um, with two things really can we score away from home and how do we set up against Barnsley Allen's just previously said that they're a team that like to hit team on the counter whereas we exactly want that at Oakwell on Saturday if Barnsley control the ball at home and they want to score goals um, we want to pick our chances at the right time and I undoubtedly sorry I think we're going to get that ball into the final third two or three times it's just about taking those chances and they've shown at home Portsmouth, they were two and down after two or three minutes. Port Vale, they conceded, you know, some chances. They've conceded a lot of goals at home, despite Liam Roberts's performances in goal for them. So we are going to get chances. You know, that happens in League One. But how do we stop ourselves from being in the position where we were against Wickham? Do you think it's a case of setting up very similarly to how we did at Bloomfield Road, or would you make any amendments to the team on Saturday? I would make no amendments whatsoever. Personally, I think. Having a midfield free of Norburn, Virtue and Dougal just gives us that stability, which we've not had for like the first few games of the season. I think with Norburn, Virtue and Dougal, you've got three players that understand and know this league like the back of the hand. And the thing is, they're against two great midfielders in Herbie Kane and Callum Styles, who are one of the best centre-mid partnerships that come up against this season. And Herbie Kane is someone that Critchley will know well from his time uh, in new football at Liverpool. So hopefully we can exploit it. But I, 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 just, I just go the same. I just go over the same because at the end of the day, if, like we said earlier, if I, see, if I see Callum Connolly at left wing back, which is my only worry, is because we're away, does Critchley just go, hmm, let's be a bit more risk aware and go a bit more safe and try and not concede and put Callum Connolly in over Owendale. Personally, it's like, Martin was saying, we've just got to create chances, just get the ball in. And if we keep Kowasi and Rhodes up top, which I hope we do, there's no way you can't drop either Kowasi and Rhodes after Saturday. Then we've got to score goals, we've got to take chances. So I think we will score away. And I think we've just got to keep it the same, keep the football the same and just believe in the system. Yeah, I very much agree. Maybe one or two changes because it is critically, but I don't think anyone really deserves to be dropped at least for the first sort of hour of the game to see how it pans out and why not be free, be Blackpool, be, be the team that we, we wanted to be on Saturday. And Alan called it a perfect um, a perfect description on Saturday. For for me, the, the hardest game so far this season by a country mile. I thought that about Derby in the Cup until they didn't turn up and we played football that we haven't, or we we, we played a team that I haven't really seen so far this season. Um, you know, we and we thought this season would become a you know a little bit easier than than it has done. But I think we're detrimental to our own success in terms of Critchley and the way we you know he's, he's messed about of the team. And Martin's already alluded to it. Wickham was a game where we thought we were going to kick on. It's a team we should have beaten. Um, admittedly they, they have their limitations and, and, and we we probably technically a lot better than them but they did the basics right and we didn't so Barnsley 
are somewhat to be feared in terms of Devante Cole and Cosgrove up front. But I think if we keep the ball away from them and control the ball in midfield and spread the game and, like you say, get down on their sides, then there's absolutely no reason why we should fear a Barnsley. And these are the teams that we have to beat if we're going to be in the playoffs this season. So I think you're spot on. I think to change it would be silly. I don't think we... We're any less vulnerable? If, so I think we're even more vulnerable if we if we go there to defend because they they'll kill us off, as did Lincoln, as did Wickham. So why not just go there and attack them and be who we want us to be? So I'm with you. No changes, Mister Critchley, um, and I'm sure Martin's nodding in agreement now as well. So hopefully we can see us score away from home and, and kickstart our season with with three points. But that they're going to call that pod. I think other than a extremely uh, strong Martin um, youth central league um, lineup against that team down the road um, midweek and, and a good victory to see um, Dembele get on the score sheet. It was good to see us play such a strong team, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. As we said, you know, um, really strong. I was quite surprised when I saw the lineup for that game, but um, like you say, it is that lot down the road and, and you know, I'd be quite happy to beat them at a game of... Uh, Badminton or curling or anything. Any, any win over Preston North End's brilliant. Um, apparently, it doesn't count. Uh, it, 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 of course, it counts if you if you win, doesn't it? But no, it was good. Good, and some players got some minutes into them. You know, I'd say Andy Lyons and Marv's got a game, and and uh, and and uh, uh, Chapman played as well, didn't he? So yeah, uh, nice to see Dembele score. So yeah, it's yeah, just, we have got some, some strength. Just a word on Dembele as well. He came on Saturday, didn't he? And, and almost set up Weir, wasn't it? Almost immediately with his first pass. I think he's really good at analysing the game and bringing the chance straight into us. So I wouldn't be upset if he starts on Saturday, but I also wouldn't be upset you know, if he's coming on later on in the game to try and impact it. But I think we've got another really good player there who's going to excite us as well. But we're going to end the pod on just over the hour mark. It was a good to get an insight on Barnsley but with, with Alan and... Good to actually relive a victory for once and, and some goals and, and some natural scoring um, at, at Bloomfield Road. But fingers crossed we can take that form away. But um, Matt, thanks for coming on this evening and giving your thoughts. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, Martin. Enjoyed being on here again. Mark, as always, buddy, thank you for coming on. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for gracing us with our presence on a humdrum pod rather than you know, a big one. Um, And we'll be back on either Sunday or Monday to preview the derby match and have a look at the events that unfold at Oakwell on Saturday. But from all of us at the It's Not Orange podcast, have a good evening. (laughs) 